Kelman on CliffCentral.com. Sometimes you wonder who would be the right person to ask this kind of question to. And something about uh, Poppy kind of strikes me as this might be a cool question to ask. But uh, what did six-year-old you think you'd be in the future? Uh, please don't say six. Ask me about 10-year-old <laughs> me. I feel like there was a progression in my life. Six years old, all I wanted to be was a ballet dancer. Okay. Like I was going to ballet class a lot and I just loved the outfit. And I, I think I did well at ballet at the time. And then I just kind of got over it. So six-year-old puppy wanted to be a ballet dancer. Move four years later, I wanted to be an air hostess. Eight years later, I wanted to take over the world and the country in particular. I wanted to be president when I left school. Cool. Yeah. So, so. Eight, 18-year-old you was pretty sort of uh, socially conscious then, I guess. Very. It was so weird. And I don't know how. Like, I think I owe it to my parents. But my drama teacher used to always be, like, super, you know, sort of surprised about the fact that I used to buy, like, newspapers. And I used to circle and highlight and make notes about, like, everything that was happening politically in the country at the time. Just because it interested me. And I was really good at history. So, I was very conscientious. I was the girl that was very, like, a mandlering in Grahamstown. Completely that person um, just because I thought that as a young person the time that we were growing up in was post one apartheid mm. and that we had something different to contribute and I went to varsity and that was still my you know plan to you know do politics and get into it um, and then I found radio and then yeah the rest is kind of history my political ambitions uh, fell to the to the side but the idea of having a voice was still massively important to you and feeling that you had some to share from sort of a, a perspective of, you know, telling people stuff. Sure. I think um, I've always loved radio. So like I listened to radio. I think the first time I can remember like consciously putting on a radio was when I was about 10 and I listened to a lot of 5FM growing up, yeah. a lot of commercial, you know, sort of radio. And I just loved being alone in my room, just listening to, to voices and trying to imagine what it would be like to be one of those people. What does speaking into a microphone every day for a prolonged period of time teach you about yourself? Mm, good question. Meow. Um, I think it taught me one to, to listen to other people. Um, I think that we sort of meander through life worrying about ourselves and our missions and what we want to accomplish. But there are real people out there with real problems and real stuff happening in their lives. And I, it taught me to listen and to appreciate that I had, you know, some kind of in in people's lives. Mm. I think that was a definite thing for me that I loved. And and the power of radio and things like this is that you you don't realize what you're doing for other people. So when I left, you know, the station that I was at before, <laughs> um, I realized that a lot of people like you become a part of people's lives. You become mm. their saving grace. Um, and you don't even like I never set out to be like I didn't think that I that was my mission in life. But a lot of people have said to me, um you did this for my day. How am I going to work now without you? And I'm like, how have you been working? Um, but you get people through their lives and you don't realize that that has such a beautiful, you know, sort of impact on um, simple people and people that need you to get through the day just, you know, as a friend, because that's what you are at the end of the day. Bring it back to you. Take me through, you know, speaking to a massive amount of people every single day and a microphone being turned on regardless of what you're going through in your own personal human experience. I learned that very early on. Um, and I think that 
look, I was taught to kind of bite the bullet and to pretend that like I was kind of like emotionless. And then the older I got, the more I realized that there was power in being myself and mm. power in telling people what you were going through because a lot of people are real and they go through real things like we do. So I think there's certain things that I didn't want to talk about until I got over them. So like if my grandfather died, for instance, I couldn't talk about it on the damn day because I'm still <laughs> grieving. Um, if my boyfriend broke up with me, I couldn't talk about it then. But like a month later, two months later, then you can start talking about that stuff. So you don't want to kind of explode on air and tell people or cry on air, you know, as hectically as you would if you were at home. But I think there is power in telling people your story and what you're going through. You just have to, and I guess I've learned how to do it professionally and how mm. to make it about other people because as much as you're going through that stuff, other people are going through it too and you can't just make it me, 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 me. Um, you're just literally a platform and a voice and a conduit. What do you think is the most interesting thing about you? The most interesting thing about me... Is that even if I had anything, I would still feel like the most amazing person on earth. Um, I don't know. I feel like I value the important things in life. And for me, that's just family. Like someone asked me the other day, like who I am. And I was like, well, I used to be a mm, presenter and I used to be. And then I was like, what am I actually? And I just remember thinking that like, I'm a young South African at the end of the day. Mm. I have dreams like everyone else. I have aspirations. I have things that I want to accomplish. But I think the most interesting thing for me is that I feel like I've only just begun. Like I feel like I've lived, but now I feel like I've grown up and there's so many things that I'm empowered to do now that I didn't think that I could do 10 years ago. And that's the beauty of maturing and living and just being a young person. But now I'm like 32, uh, which is pretty awesome. Yeah. Uh, you seem just wildly, and you always have, I mean, I've sort of known you, not now, I don't know you on a deep, le intimate level, but I kind of have seen you over the past few years and you seem wildly comfortable in your own skin which is, you know, very rare in 2016. Do you know what's weird is that I've always been like this and I was always the person that was telling people off because I could and because my parents allowed it. But I learned as I was getting older to do it in a more polite way. So I was always the person that was like, if I disagreed with someone, I was putting up my hand in class, I was challenging people. Um, and I just found it nauseating to some extent because I was like, you can't go through life being this person, honestly. You can do it in your head. You can't do it like in real life. Um, but I became comfortable in my skin when I realized the power of it really, actually. Um, but I have been doing it for a really long time. And I think radio has allowed me to be that person and it, it only gets better and better like things that I I'm still insecure about certain things and like make no mistake but I feel like I can't keep those things back because it's who I am mm. so they do come out and I'm not afraid of them coming out but I I'm definitely I try to be as well-rounded because it keeps me sane are there upsides to insecurities has life taught you that sometimes an insecurity can be a good thing or are they just negative things that we need to try and overcome do you know what's weird? I had this conversation with my boyfriend the other day and I said to him, I don't like being in insecure situations. So like if I'm with a guy and he makes me feel insecure, I'll leave him. Um, and he was like, no, you should challenge it and you should stay and you should see what the problem is. If you're the problem. And I was like, nah, bro, I'm not about that life. But I think that the upside to insecurities is it makes people attractive. Have you ever seen like when you're at a party and there's that like awkward person mm. that like everyone's drawn to, they don't know why, but it's because they're not the person that's making the most noise, not the person dancing in the middle of the circle. They're just reserved. There's like a level of 
insecurity, but it's also of self-knowledge to some extent that you can sit in a room and not be perturbed by the commotion and just be quiet in yourself. I find mm. that attractive. So I think that that might be the upside is that some people might find insecurities attractive and I'm one of those people. I wonder if uh, you're not actually quite shy, ironically, as a person. I don't know. Yeah, no. You're not at all, eh? <laughs> uh, uh, I, I, do you know what's weird is that I've, I can't remember a moment when I've ever been shy. I literally go and I don't know. I find like there's no time to be shy. If I'm in a situation, I must introduce myself. I must tell people what I'm there to do. Yeah. I must find out about other people because I'm on this mission, like to just hear people's stories and to hear what they have to say. Like if your day is bad, why is it bad? Tell me. I want to hear. So I don't have time to be like shy. I, I don't know. It's not in me. It never has been. Tell me about this word cool. Cause a lot of people have branded you kind of as cool, Damn. as kind of a trendsetter. I mean, and cool is probably not even the cool word to use for cool in 2016. It's probably changed now to something <laughs> else, but uh, you get the vibe that people have a specific idea of you being an influencer. Maybe that's a good word. Uh, and, and living that out, being that influencer feels like what? Are you conscious of it? Is it just who you are? I think I'm conscious of the power of it. So I know like how to channel it um, and also how to reflect it positively because I'm very conscious of positive living and just being a positive influence in people's lives. So I think I try to add, you know, light and happiness and just inspiration to people's lives. So in that sense, I'm definitely conscious of it and I'm not the person that will kind of, I don't know, like try to beat people down about their lives. I just want people to appreciate the little that they do have rather than not think of themselves as anything uh, or their lives as anything. So I think in terms of that, that's sort of like my approach to life because I think that we are all fortunate in some way or another. Um, but I don't know, like, I don't think you can, you like decide to be cool. Mm. Um, it used to annoy me at school um, because like all these matrics when I was in grade eight, um, these matrics used to think that was so cool. And like, they, I don't know, like, and I would challenge that because I'm like, you're cool by virtue of being a matric. It's really like, other than that, if I met you out of school next year, you wouldn't be cool. Like, come on. So I'm, I'm against it being like, you know, termed as cool, but I, I get it. And influence is probably the better word because Everyone's cool in 2016, really. But who has influence? That's what you want. And that's the most uh, important currency in 2016 yeah. is influence. Uh, I was watching your snaps when you went back to your high school uh, <laughs> over December. Yeah. It's weird. And I find this as well. Like when one thinks back to high school, one sort of doesn't realize what massive an impact it has on who you become as a person. Because when you're in it, you, you kind of just want to get out and you want to start living your life. But then you realize that... You know, that environment has such, you know, a big part in who you are and intricacies of your personality. Uh, I mean, that's true, right? Mm. School is a major influence. Definitely. I think the best decision my parents ever made was to take us to boarding school. Um, just from living and being around other people. Um, my brothers and I went to boarding school in Grahamstown and I, it was just such a humbling environment because there's barely anything in Grahamstown. Yeah. There's no time to sort <laughs> like there's nothing to do there. You literally like on weekends, you hang out with your friends. The highlight of my weekend was sitting on a hill on a Sunday eating ice cream. Yeah. Like it doesn't get more basic than that. But beyond that, I think at school, I learned how to live and how to basically 
not stand up for myself, but just like define who I wanted to be like in life and in my head. Um, and that was just, I, it wasn't a conscious decision, but I constantly was the person who was trying to achieve at things, um, that was trying to say certain things and write and challenge myself in different ways. So I found school amazing. I don't know these people that went to the same school as me that hated school because mm. I'm just like, but guys, we were in the same year. Like it was epic. So I was the person at school that played all the sports that, you know, sung in all the choirs that was in all the plays because I loved the environment and I was appreciative that my parents, um, had, had to work hard to put me, you know, through school. So, so I definitely think it, it made me the person that I am today. I felt like it, it rounded me in a way that I don't think it would be possible like elsewhere. Because mm. I went to school in Pretoria, junior school in Pretoria, and it was a girls' school and it was a very good girls' school. But I don't think I would have been the same person that I stayed there for high school. I think there was really something special about Grahamstown, my school, my headmaster and the people that I was around. So then in every sense, you really are a millennial because by definition, the millennial generation is kind of grew up uh, and gravitated to basics. So the idea of writing on pieces of paper <laughs> as opposed to writing on iPads and then technology kind of happened. And, you know, you specifically have embraced technology massively. I mean, mm. you're huge on social media. It's a big sure. part of your life. It's almost an extension of who you are. Mm. Uh, is there any truth to kind of people trying to pick up on the psychological impacts of sort of having a, a normal upbringing and then, you know, having technology bombard you. I mean, what's the deal with it really in terms of your life? Jeez. Do you know that I, I tried over the holidays to sort of do like a day or two without technology and it was really difficult. And I found myself sort of self-loathing the fact that I couldn't go through a couple of days without being on my phone. And then I was like, Actually, this is not my problem to solve. <laughs> um, this is the world that we're living in in 2016. And I feel like this is the way the world has become. And it's not necessarily a good thing, but I also don't know what we're going to do to stop it. I feel like it, it has to do with our development as well. So like if we want to progress as people, I don't think there's anything wrong with embracing technology. There's so many things that technology is good for. So why be part of the gang that doesn't, you know, that is anti-technology when it's done so much for our lives? It's gotten us to this stage. We've interacted with people that we didn't think that we could interact with. It's made that mm. simpler. We're just like, it's an, a way of embracing our lives in a different way. I don't think it should be looked at as a negative thing. But I definitely think that, like, this is the way the world was meant to be. And we should just go in and and love it and be a part of it. I wonder if your phone was a person, the phone that's sitting in front of you right now, what it would think of you. Yeah. Because it's, it, it's, got, you've got such an intimate relationship with it. My phone would probably think that I'm the most vain person <laughs> ever. <laughs> Legit. Death by vanity, definitely. I, I take photos all the time. I take snaps. I'm just like on this thing the entire time. And then like I spend like maybe two minutes talking to people on the phone because I hate being on the phone. Like it's mm. the weirdest thing. I hate talking to people on the phone. Like if you could just text me, I could text you back. Yeah. Now you want to, how are you? Fuck. Uh, uh, <laughs> no. I don't want to talk like. because your job is talking. Dude, exactly. Yeah. So I hate actually being on the phone conversating with people. Um, I'd rather be in person doing that. Yeah, everyone's speaking about if we've lost that or we haven't lost that. It's kind of irrelevant, though, because the state of the world, like you were saying, just is what it is. It's not your 
problem to solve whether we're on our phones too much. I do think though that there's value in having like real conversations with people. That's yeah. for sure. Like I don't think that having a phone or being in touch with technology must take that away ever. Cause I still want to speak to people and I want to know their story. So like I'll randomly stop someone that's sweeping and I'll be like, Hey, like tell me your life story yeah. kind of thing. So I don't think that a phone can help in terms of that. Um, but I, I still find value, but that's obviously from like a radio background as well. And just like growing up and wanting to know like what, where everyone is at and what their trials and tribulations are. So I see value in definitely having like serious and one-on-one real conversations. conversations. Yeah. Are you good at having real conversations with yourself and being honest with yourself? I am when I absolutely need to be. Um, Which is when it counts. <laughs> I don't know. I pick the things that I, I think are important. Um, so I never lie to myself. So like in my head, if something goes wrong and it's my fault, I'll be like, you fucked up. Ooh, lordy. No, you can. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Damn, I'm really in the So I tell myself when I've done like stuff, you know, that's not like sort of, you know, impressive that I don't want other people to know. And I just consciously in my head, I'm like, do you want to do that again? No. So then don't do it again. Cool. And then like I move on with life. Um, if I find myself in a situation where I've let it like get to a certain level, then I question what's happening like around me and psychologically. That's when I'm like, actually, why did you let this happen? Mm. Because this is not good for you. So if you're allowing this kind of behavior, either to be around you or to act in a certain way, there's something deeper that's wrong. So for that kind of stuff, like I do a lot of introspection, but it's about things that I feel mm. matter, which might not necessarily matter to the next person but in my life those things do what do people have wrong about you wrong and then also do you care can i be honest with you um mm, i don't <laughs> i legit don't care because i know that i'm like a, a solid person at the end of the day so the stuff that you might have wrong about me i don't know what people could misconstrue oh, that i'm just like Boy crazy, please. I I feel like boys are patty in my hand jokes. <laughs> She's not joking. <laughs> I can't believe I just did. <laughs> but, I, but you're right, I'm not joking. But um, what do people have wrong about me? Do you know what I think people think I am? I think people... I'm a very, like, I think about stuff. So, like, now I've moved on to, the like, the next chapter of my life. Yeah. And I always... Look, I didn't know it was going to happen in this way, but now I have different dreams and aspirations and things that I want to accomplish um, now that I've moved on from that space. And I mm. don't think it would have been possible for me to do any of those things if I was still, you know, doing what I was doing. So, like, now I've let go of something. Um, and I think people think that I'm just like, I don't know, that I'm just spoiled and maybe just like Irie going through life. Mm. Whereas, like, I'm planning, like, what I'm going to be in 10 years um, now. Actually, because it matters to me, I want to do something with my life mm. and not just have been a, a radio or a media personality um, because those things are important. But, you know, it's not your be all and end all. It's not your legacy, really. So you've been having very honest conversations of late then with yourself, Definitely. which is dope. Yeah. yeah, which is difficult, Six I guess. Six weeks of honest conversation. <laughs> <laughs> but in a positive way. Do you yeah. like being nervous about the future? 
it's like kind of just, you know, betting it all on the red or betting it all on the black. I don't know if that's in your personality to risk stuff and to just, you know, throw caution to the wind. In everything else but my job. Okay. So this is different because I've never been a risk in terms of like my job and my career. I've always been so hardworking and like so focused. And I've always known that I was always going to have a job, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. So this is the first time where I've actually just been like, actually my energy in this space has come to an end and I don't feel like I should continue in this way. And I feel like there's bigger things for me out there. And I feel like this is holding me back. So um now I'm just like, I'm excited, but I'm super nervous because I control everything. Yeah. Um, and it's different when you have someone or you have a boss and you have a job and you, you have all those like securities and those boundaries. Now I don't have boundaries for the first time ever in my life. Like I went to school, I went to varsity, I went and I worked all in like one. And now I'm just like, Hey, what's the day looking like? What do I want to do today? But at the back of my mind, I'm thinking I'm going to study this year. So I have to do my MBA. Mm. Um, I'm going to do so many things with my life that are important for me. Um, so I think that it's definitely like conversations with yourself are important, but I'm, I'm, I'm working towards a better me. I think it's a super exciting time. I think that, I mean, we started this with that question, what did six-year-old or 10-year-old think? I think it's going to be interesting to listen back to this in oh, five, six Lord. years from now and kind of pick up on where you were at and where you are in the future, which is the great thing about life is that it's so unpredictable. Yeah. But as long as I think your overarching theme is positive, which it seems like it really is, it's going to be dope. Yeah. No, definitely. I'm excited. Got to go to two questions real quick uh, from Florence Adepoju, who's uh, also on our list of uh, influential millennials to watch in 2016. Uh, The first one, who is your biggest role model? Biggest role model. And tell me how you feel about those that word as well, role model. Yeah, it's a tough one. Um, but other than my parents, my parents come first, um, definitely, because I just have learned everything that I know from them, technically. Um, and then outside of that, my biggest role model has to be, uh, this is so cliche, Oprah. I think she's had such a, a tough life, but she's also had a freaking amazing life, but she's all done it herself. So, um, Oprah and then, um, I don't know if you know, Dr. Precious Malloy. Yes. Yeah. She's, she basically inspired my change. Um, just her story and the way that she looks at life. So yeah, she's, she's major. Good people. Good people to have as yeah. role models. Uh, and then this is particularly pertinent to you. How do you stay physically fit? <laughs> Death. Do you know that I've just resorted now to just exercising all the damn time? Um, I just, I love to run. That's like my thing. It's always been my thing. Um, I love running and just running and running and running. Um, and I didn't realize the power of running until like maybe two, three years ago. Cause it's just it's so therapeutic for me. So my running is big for my mind, for my body as well. So cool having you on this list. So cool chatting and you're actually going to wrap it up. So whatever's How? left to say, uh, <laughs> anything left to say here? Um, Jeepers, let's, let's say one last thing. I think let's make it important and like fun and sexy and cool. I think the one last thing that I just want to leave people with is that like we live in the best country ever and we can do so much with our lives. You just have to choose to and you just have to decide what you want to do and go out and do it because the opportunities are there. And if they're not, you have to make them for yourself. So 
just try your hardest and phone people that you think that my brother actually said that to me the other day. He said, I know you think like certain people are out of your reach. And I was like, no, not really, but okay. Um, but you could literally phone anyone and they would know who you are. And I was like, I actually have never thought of it like that. So if you think like South Africa is a pretty like small and intimate country, there's no one you can't reach out to. If you're a serious person about your grind, about what you're doing and you need help or direction, there's no ways that you can't get it from the people that you think you can. So I think that people must just reach out if they need help in any like way. Um, there's definitely people there and you must just help each other and love yourselves and your country. I'm done. I'm done preaching. Damn. Poppy, thank you so much. <laughs> thank you. Kelman on cliffcentral.com.